0: Right now, I've got quite an honor, one of the new generation of classical musicians quickly rising in the world. A bright young star, Ray Chen, is here in our studio, and we've caught him for just a few minutes. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Thanks very much. (laughs) Pleasure to be here.
0: So glad you're here. You're playing with the Sarasota Orchestra this weekend, Mozart, and you have a bit of Mozart for us today, as well as Bach in a moment. Tell us about your life a little bit. Where'd you grow up?
1: Well, I was born in Taiwan, Taipei, Taiwan, and moved to Australia. Uh, We immigrated to Australia when I was four months old, so at quite a young age, and then uh, grew up there for most of my life, and at the age of 16, moved to the United States to study at the Curtis Institute of Music.
0: Right. Now, that's that's really early, 15, 16 years old at the Curtis Institute of Music, and so... You came from Australia. You were already a pretty big star in Australia and then came to the Curtis Institute.
1: Uh, I would say that, you know, in Australia, it's easy to be a big fish in a small pond. Huh.
0: And so then at Curtis, what happened?
1: I got a big eye opener, ear opener. Oh, maybe. yeah. That's, that's a, way to say a it. better way to say it. Uh, and um, no, definitely. It was such a contrast the the level, um, I think that happens with everyone. Actually, going to a place like Curtis, I've spoken to a few of my uh, former students, colleagues, and uh, they say the same thing, which is everyone seems to come from a place. Unless you come from New York or Chicago or something like that or a big city, uh, usually you're the the best young. You're the you're the star in that town in your town, and then you come to Curtis, and suddenly. It's like Hunger Games.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, now how did you get through that? I mean, how long did that surprise and shock last you? Um, or that fight, uh, Hunger Games fight?
1: Well, for me, it, there was definitely a dark period uh, where I felt like I needed to really catch up uh, musically. Technically, everyone's pretty much, you know, pretty, uh, you know, everyone's playing. Paganini caprices it's part of the audition and i mean everyone can do anything technically but musically that's where you learn a lot and you have a lot to catch up on especially me uh
0: or wait you did right i mean you've you've since graduated oh yeah you've played with some of the best gavon house la philharmonic israel philharmonic uh who was it that you played with at carnegie hall
1: Oh, well, I played with uh, the Royal Stockholm Philharmonic with Sakari uh, Oramo, which is their music. Who is their music director? And uh, that, yeah, that was such a great experience.
0: And that wasn't too long ago, was it? Yeah. No, that was
1: last year in wow. February.
0: Fantastic! And here you are, Sarasota Orchestra with their new music director Anu Tali. Already sold out, and you're playing Mozart there with your own cadenzas. That you're also going to play some Mozart for us. With uh, that's Cadenzas correct. that you played, but some Bach first.
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah? You ready? You ready to play some Bach? This will be uh, the E major uh, from his E major partita, uh, the first movement, uh, Preludio.
0: Preludio from the E major partita number three by Johann Sebastian Bach, here live on Classical WSMR with violinist Ray Chen. preludio from Bach's E-Major Partita, number three, played live here on classical WSMR. 89.1, 103.9, played by violinist Ray Chen, who is in town for the Sarasota Orchestra's performance this weekend. He's playing Mozart with him, has a little Mozart for us this afternoon as well. That violin is stunning. Thank you. Yes, and I, you've got to tell me about it.
1: Well, it's a Stradivarius made in 1702. It's called the Lord Newlands. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have it on loan from uh, the Nippon Music Foundation over in Japan.
0: And how do do you know how it got its name? I mean, well, uh, history.
1: Lord Newlands uh, was a lord, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, named Newlands, (laughs) and he
0: once owned it. Is that it?
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and actually, that's exactly how these instruments get their name. Someone notable uh, in the past has owned them, and they're kind of named after that person until. Uh, another violinist or a musician or another big notable person uh, purchases it and right. it's named after them
0: okay and I noticed um, I'm just gonna tease you a little bit you're so well coordinated the belt matches the violin I know I'm'm I'm <laughs> teasing I'm teasing you because a few times I've read in your bio that Giorgio Armani sponsors you and I just didn't know exactly what that means I mean you have great taste
1: oh and- thank you uh, <laughs> it's uh, it means that he... Uh, the company provides me with my concert clothes. Excellent.
0: Just, well, that's nice.
1: Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's, you know, you get to learn a little bit about uh, style and taste, which actually has a lot to do with classical music. Sure. Uh, I tend to think that. I, I never thought it would, but then later on I began to really draw parallels uh, between, you know, just the style, different kind of styles of, of clothing, the precision, the kind of care. That you that goes into it. Yeah, A person could have you know little care for for clothing uh, and not you know wear whatever they want. Just like they could have little care for music and listen to whatever music they want. Um, and there's stuff like that that you begin to see, I began to saw see every day uh, and. Uh, that, that, yeah, it's, it's remarkable.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a lovely thing to have, you know, something like that taken care of for you, because I think that would be hard as a performer to try to think, OK, what, what am I going to wear this time? And there are certain musicians who have certain looks. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, the cellist who's always wearing a Japanese designer, also pianist who's always in a Japanese uh, design clothing, or there's Johnny yves Thibodeau with his crazy red socks. I mean, they have their own look. But I think that, too, is part of what's happening with a lot of the younger musicians, is there is more crossover with uh, things like fashion and design and artistry. As I look through things like design magazines, I'm starting to see more and more young classical musicians. There's long, long, uh, quite a few that are appearing throughout the magazines. And it's it's great. It's kind of reaching a different audience in a way. Definitely. Because someone's going to look and say, "Oh hey, wait, this violinist, Ray Chen, he's a handsome guy. I wonder what his music sounds like. <laughs> and then they that's one way, but I know you're doing your part as well to try to reach a younger audience. Can you tell me about that? Oh,
1: well, kind of I, outreach that you do? For example, I think that education I believe that education educating the next generation of uh, you know audience members is very, very important uh, not only to the survival of classical music, but I mean just to inspire them it's it's something incredible. To experience that, to see that on their faces, so I, I make it a mission to go to as many schools as I can in my free time to do what we call outreach uh, to visit them, do a class, uh, just um, to get them involved, get them excited about classical music because we really need that. Uh, a lot of a lot of press, you know, articles talking about is classical music dying, dead, right? And you know, <laughs> or dead already. Uh, yes, I've and, read those. And I think that it's not that it's dying. In fact, it's I think it's growing, even here in the States. But it's just that uh, there's so much selection. It's definitely becoming... There's so many small presenters happening and more and more concert series. The quantity is expanding, but the audience members are not growing at a fast enough rate. So we have a problem there. Um, so by hopefully going out and introducing some of these young students to classical music, many of which have never been to a concert before, and inviting them, we get them, you know, student discount rates, sometimes even free tickets uh, to our concerts. It's, it's a great way to grow uh, an audience.
0: Yes, it is. And certainly, um, I know through social media, through SoundCloud, you had quite a few folks listening to you. I say folks, but it's thousands and thousands of people listening to your music online. And I'm thinking social media it's kind of the right time to reach that younger audience because the use of social media and how you're able to reach a new audience.
1: Oh, definitely. I think, uh, having this, being accessible is really something that I want to project. Uh, when I was growing up, I had my favorite artists like Maxime Vangrove, um, uh, and Sophie Mutter. Who's a big
0: fan of yours, <laughs> Maxi, He said very nice things about <laughs> oh, you. Oh, yeah, right?
1: yeah, yeah. He's a strong supporter of mine. Yes. and uh, But these these people, like, they they don't have, uh, you, you can't ask them a question if you were just a fan. You would never be able to, I mean, I suppose you could contact their management, but who knows if they would ever get right. to them. But whereas my Facebook, I control it, I view it every day. I post the photos from my personal life, or the photos that I want to choose to to, to present, and uh, and it's and it's a great way. Some people, a lot of people, ask me, you know, tips on how to how do I you know perform, how do I you know, practice stuff like that. And obviously, I don't have time for everybody, but I try to get to as many questions as I can. And I think that you see the appreciation, mm-hmm. this connection, and I think that's what being an artist, a performer, is really. All about because, um, you know, we're here performing on stage to an audience, connecting with the, that audience on stage, but why not do it all the way, you know? Right.
0: And I think that's part of the new generation of musicians. That's what they're doing. They're connecting with their audiences in new ways by going out and getting the audience, by being on social media. And also, um by making it less, I guess, scary for some folks. They think they have an idea of classical music, and it's not, it's not an approachable one. And I think you're certainly uh, making connections that others wouldn't uh, to this music that you're bringing so many. Now tell us, you are playing Mozart, and I want to talk about cadenzas, um, that you've written your own cadenzas in the Mozart concerto.
1: Right. Well, let me just begin by explaining. I'm sure many of our listeners probably know what a cadenza is. But a cadenza is when, uh, for those who don't, a cadenza is where the orchestra stops and, uh, you know, then...
0: The soloist. The
1: soloist plays, yeah. And, has a, ha, and historically, it's uh, been a passage a few minutes where the soloist improvises, actually. And um, it's uh, just something that's become a lost tradition. Um soloists nowadays are—less and less soloists actually write their own cadenzas, well, I mean, much less improvise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's something that I wanted to kind of revive uh, because it put, puts your own kind of mark on a piece, such as Mozart. And uh, It's
0: really meant to be that anyway. Exactly. It? It's exactly. meant for you to step out and to play music and— It's really meant for that, isn't it?
1: It is, it is. You're ready,
0: you're ready to play. Yeah,
1: I wasn't sure if I should be playing Um, now. But uh, yeah, it's, um, and and for me, it's such a great opportunity. I see it as an opportunity to connect with the composer, uh, to almost collaborate with someone like Mozart, you know, and who would not take that opportunity? Uh, I understand that a lot of people are intimidated to write a cadenza because they, the first thing that, whenever, I, I, at least I did, I thought it was when I thought about the idea of writing cadenza was, am I good enough? Is it going to be good enough? Um, and I think that, well, at least try. Right. That's, that's always yes, the first step, absolutely. right? Yes,
0: absolutely. Give it a shot.
1: See if it's good enough, hey, who knows? It could be. And um, and the way I wrote my cadenzas is very special. I'm, I'm not a composer at all. I'm not, I have no classical music, compositional training, other than, you know, basic harmony, counterpoint, stuff like that, that we learn in class and school. And uh, not that it didn't help me, of course, it it helped me tremendously, but I don't have, I never had a compositional teacher teach me how to, how to compose. And,
0: um. So you really stepped out.
1: I, yeah, it was, it was kind of a risk risk and something that was a lot of fun, um, and uh, I kind of did it by trial and error. I have to say, most composers—I think Mozart could have done it in like 20 seconds. It took me a few months because I didn't really have a structure, so to speak. It'd be like some writers who don't know who who don't know where their character is going, what's going to happen to them. Um, that
0: I think that makes for good writing, doesn't it? I mean, it you could wait be. for inspiration. Yeah. It's and... a certain
1: way, def- mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, but. Um, for me, it was, it, yeah, it seemed very fresh mm-hmm. and uh, exciting uh, first attempt.
0: <laughs> Good. And so we get, to, we get to hear what that sounds like. You yeah, you to play definitely. it for us, the music of Mozart here. Violinist Ray Chen with the first and second movement of Mozart's G Major Violin Concerto, Kershaw 216. He's playing actually the 218 for the orchestra this weekend. But this is Kerschel 216, first and second movement. Ray Chen performing here on classical WSMR, playing his own cadenzas.
2: I'm sorry.
0: Mozart, violinist Ray Chen here with Mozart. That was the first cadence, the first movement. Now for the second one. Are you ready? All right. violinist Ray Chen with Mozart here on Classical WSMR. That was the first and second movement cadenzas of the Kerschel 216 Violin Concerto, the Music of Mozart. Ray Chen wrote his own cadenzas played here on Classical WSMR. That was beautiful. Oh, thanks. Really beautiful. Do I hear Bach in that second one at all? Is that just... Well, uh,
1: definitely influenced from... I mean, I, who can say? You know? right. I, It could be from anything. <laughs> I, I just try to... Take as much as I could. I mean, definitely as much as I could from Mozart. Right. And just how I was feeling, how my m- impression on that particular movement. And it's difficult not to get outside stuff uh, sure. mixed in there, but... Well, I mean, it makes sense. It it adds character. (laughs) It
0: does add character, but also, too, because the composers had outside influences, certainly.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Makes sense. That was beautiful. Thank you. So you have new cadenzas that you're playing for tomorrow's, I mean, for the weekend's concerto with the Sarasota Orchestra. So it's different from what we've heard today.
1: Exactly, yeah. Uh, And I think it's always fun to keep kind of updating your cadenzas because, they kind of represent that moment in your life, how you're feeling. Uh, compositions always do. If you look at all the composers, all their works, uh, Mozart wrote these contretti when he was only 19. Uh, his later works are definitely more, have more depth in them. And it's it's something different. Um, I think and, that's
0: a great idea to change them as you yeah, go throughout your it's career. It's just kind of like you're...
1: playing to always improve. Yeah, uh, But composing, you have to, redo the thing wow yeah.
0: yeah now i understand you have three albums already with sony you have a, a mozart coming out too
1: uh j- just came out actually oh, it just came just out just came out like, now do you have month. your own
0: cadences on there as well
1: Ex- yes i do okay I do. then
0: yes. so you've got these recorded i do and you can compare them down the road uh, yeah well. exactly super well we're honored that you play them for us thank you so much
1: oh, it was a big pleasure thank you yeah, certainly
0: we'll check our library Get a hold of your CD and make sure we get that on the air as well. So, youngest musician to play at the Nobel Prize concert. Uh, three already, three albums with Sony. Uh, what do you? What else do you want to do? I mean, this is this is a lot already. This is a great success so far. Oh, what well, else do you have on your thank plate? Thank you.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> and you got to answer it in your Australian accent. Okay, well,
1: <laughs> I will try my best. Um, I hear
0: it coming and going, so I'm going to ask for it.
1: Okay, well... Uh... <laughs> Um, it's hard to sound sincere. Is
0: it?
1: Really? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if, I'm, if I know I'm putting it on, uh, well, I'll, ju- I'll do my best. Uh, okay, well, um, I have to get in the Australian mode. Right. Yeah. Well, it seems
0: to just happen naturally. I mean, you grew up there. so Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Um, well, uh, to answer your question, I suppose uh, I want to continue doing the things I'm doing um, to never lose that kind of passion I have for music. I think that's really important um, as... Kind of life gets more complicated as we get as we get older, and um, and um, there's a million and one things to think about other than the music itself, and that can get in the way of something, uh, especially as as kind of uh, transparent as performing. It's translucent, rather. Right. It's like that kind of we're just a mere kind of mm. window. We act as a window between the composer, who's obviously. His work and the audience, so he kind of sees through us, and um, that's that's really what we should be, and to not tint it too too much. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's the way I view it, and um, I think that yeah, it's it's classical music is on its way to being more kind of um, international with the internet and everything, all that, all the social media stuff, people can compare artists and orchestras and all that and there's less and less certain schools of playing which, you know, it's kind of sad in itself but um, I think that we finally achieve we can finally focus on what the composers uh, really intended and you know trade kind of suggestions mm-hmm. and, and ideas and stuff like that and that's really wonderful. Um, as for myself, I just want to be a part of it all, and uh, to really continue, yeah, um, inspiring the young young musicians and not not necessarily musicians, but just young people in general. Yeah, I feel I I really enjoy that. So
0: well, I think you're on your way. I think you've you've <laughs> established that beautifully, beautifully. Now you're not into boxing anymore, are you? You gotta protect oh. those hands. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was like protect a momentary thing. I, I did enjoy it, though. It's a very good aerobic exercise. Yeah. yeah I wasn't doing it like, competitively at all, but it was uh, just really fun to, to you know, get exercise yeah. with the blood flowing.
0: Good. Well, do protect those hands, and we look forward to watching your career from here. Thank you. And enjoy you this weekend at, with the Sarasota Orchestra playing Mozart, your own cadenzas. Thank you so much for coming in this afternoon. We've enjoyed you immensely. Thank you. Thanks so much to Dustin Hapley for engineering today's interview and Russell Gant for organizing everything. Thank you so much. This is Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9.